Uh, today we're going to talk about love. Love is, is an interesting concept. Um, we, we experience love on this side of eternity, right? Um, love is, it, it, you know, we, we love, I remember the, the first girl I told I love you to that wasn't in my family, right? I was in seventh grade and I was in love, right? And seventh grade love is not the same as, uh, as, as 37-year-old love, okay? But, but seventh grade love, there was this girl and, and I just knew she was the one, right? And she wasn't, by the way. Um, and I remember I said, I, I love you. And she said, I love you too. And I thought right there in that moment, I thought I, I, the whole world, I've got the whole world, right? Everything that I ever want. And three weeks later, we're broke up. So um, <laughs> seventh grade love is an interesting thing, right? And I remember uh, I started dating my wife when I was 16 years old. Um, we were, and I knew her from whenever I was a, a young child. I knew her from fourth grade all the way till today. I still kind of know her. And uh, I remember the first time I told my wife um, that I loved her, right? And we've been dating for, for nine months or something like that and had been uh, exclusive. And I remember, uh, you know, you get a little apprehensive because you're, you're putting yourself out there. And uh, I remember that. But, you know, ninth grade, right, 16-year-old, I guess I was in 11th grade, 10th, 11th grade, um, that love is, is not the same as it is. And, you know, love is, a, is an interesting thing. We think we have our hands on it, and then we find out as time goes forward, boy, I, I, I didn't really know all that there was to it. You know, part of love is the idea that you can be uh, intimately known by someone, and I don't mean that in, in the way that most people mean intimacy. I mean uh, that you're fully known by them. Um, they know the, the best parts of you, which is what we show when we're dating, Right? And they know the worst parts of you, which is part of who we are that, that gets exposed as we experience life together. Um, and, and that's an interesting thing that as, as they get to know more about us, as our faults and our failures and our struggles and, and the real person that we are begins to get exposed, it's at that point that love gets tested, you know, the love that we think we have, and it grows deeper or, or it flounders on the rocks, right? Those are kind of the two ways that it works. But today I want to talk to you about the fact that you are fully loved. You're fully known and you're fully loved. And, and we're going to look today in Mark chapter 14. If you have your Bible open to Mark 14, uh, we're working our way through the book of Mark. We're going to get through the book of Mark at some point. Um, I have a date written down on my desk when we're going to be done with the book of Mark, okay? I promise it will be before December. Um, we, we will be done with Mark and we will have fully uh, covered as much of it um, as we need to cover. But we're in Mark chapter 14 today, um, and we're in verse, um, starting in verse, where are we at today? Let me get there. Let me, starting in verse 12. And this is what uh, Mark writes down. It says, And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room where, uh, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he'll show you a large upper room furnished and ready there prepare for us. Now this is, an, and it says, And the disciples set out and went to the city, and they found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. So we have the story begins with Jesus, right? Now we're at the last movement of Jesus' life, right? He is already um, his, one of his closest friends immediately before this, the, the, the verses right before what we just read. 
uh, has agreed to betray him, to hand him over to the authorities and to uh, lead to his arrest and maybe crucifixion. Um, I don't know if Judas really knew what would happen to him ultimately, um, but has already betrayed him, agreed to go and and surrender him over um, to the people who are seeking Jesus. And Jesus is, is, is now getting ready to celebrate what we celebrated last week, which was the Lord's Supper. It was the Last Supper um, is about to take place. And so Jesus, uh, it's time to have this kind of formal meal. And if you have Jewish friends, you understand they still have a very formal meal um, to celebrate and commemorate Passover. It's Passover Seder, uh, and they'll gather together, family and friends, and they have a full ritual. I mean, there's specific things that are said and specific things that are done, and the menu is, is very, very much the same all around the world. They eat the same sort of food in the same order because they're remembering this amazing event. Passover was a huge, huge Deal And what Passover was, was it was a celebration to remember what God did in Egypt. And the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. They, 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 were, they were totally in bondage. And God was working to get them free. Um, he did this sign and this sign and this sign. And the leader of Egypt, the Pharaoh, would not release um, the nation of Israel to go and be free, to go back where they came from, which was the, the, the land of promise, Canaan. Um, Israel's homeland where Abraham was promised to have it. Pharaoh wouldn't let him go, and so we reach this final movement in the book of Exodus where, where God says, you know what? I'm done with it. And, he, and there's this celebration or this, this major event called Passover where the Israelites slaughtered a lamb, uh, and they put the blood of the lamb on the door. Um, and that night, every house that wasn't marked with the blood of the lamb on the door Uh, an angel of God came through and killed the firstborn male of every home. And so in Pharaoh's home, to the poorest person's home, uh, in Egypt, those who weren't prepared for Passover uh, experienced great loss that day. And then Israel was sent away. Egypt aggressively said, leave, just take our stuff and go get out of here. And so the Israelites celebrate the fact that God delivered them from slavery with a mighty work of power. And they still celebrate that today, our Jewish uh, friends and neighbors still celebrate that event today, remembering God's uh, powerful hand of deliverance for them. And so it's time to celebrate that, and Jesus is Jewish, and so he's having uh, this massive celebration with his disciples, but they're like, hey, where are we going to do this at? Because it's kind of a formal meal. We can't just eat this outside under a tree somewhere. And so Jesus says, okay, here's what you're going to do. Two of you guys are going to go into town. You're going to see a dude carrying a jug of water. You're going to follow that dude And when he enters into a house, go into the house with him and say, hey, we're here to eat. You got a room for us. Now, this is not a very common sense way to describe something, right? Right? Jesus has this supernatural knowledge of how to get his disciples to trust him. He could have said, go to the house on 3rd Street, right, that belongs to a guy named Michael, and say, hey, Michael, Jesus uh, sent us, you know, he's already got this prepared ahead of time. Right, but that's not what he does. Right? Jesus exposes the fact that he is divine in this moment. Right? He knows stuff that no one should know. How does Jesus know there's a random guy carrying a jug of water around town and that that's the person that they would run into? Right? Like if, if I predicted, like, okay, uh, after church today, you're going to go to Corona's. You're going to follow the first waitress who has a tray of cups of water back into the kitchen, okay? Then you're going to talk to the cook who's cooking the fajitas at that time. You're going to follow him home when he goes home. And then when you get to his house, call his brother, and that's where you're going to be. 
right? Like, I, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because I don't know any of these, uh, these people and their plans and who's actually going to be at the grill cooking up your fajitas that you're currently all thinking about right now, right? Like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in that situation, but Jesus knows. Why does he know? Because he's God, right? And his disciples go there, and what, what does it say? They found it exactly like, exactly like he said. See, Jesus has this supernatural knowledge. He knows everything about everything around you, right? He doesn't just know everything. Like, like he knows, like, minute details that you think are totally unnecessary to count. And he has it all figured out. He has a supernatural knowledge of everything around you. It's a general knowledge of the, of the platform in which we live. And that's kind of comforting to know. Right, that, that the God of the universe can zoom his lens in close enough and know the number of stairs in your house. Right, like that, that's kind of comforting to know that nothing that we have in our world, right, the number of hairs on our head, the number of, uh, of neighbors within a quarter mile of us and what they're currently doing, he knows it all. Right, the big picture is very clear to God. The big picture to us is not that clear. We struggle with the big picture sometimes, but, but God doesn't struggle because he knows everything about everyone around us. That's part of the idea of, of, of being known, right, is, is that God, the people who know us know what's going on around our lives. Right? I can't say that I really know you if I can't understand what it is that you do on your day-to-day basis. It's one of the things that I've tried to learn uh, as I've been in ministry because a lot of people have jobs that are very difficult for me to understand, Right, like I can kind of get my hands around it. Uh, my, my favorite is Zach Rowland, who's not here today, but but Zach works for like a and it's like a medical testing company. He helps to design tests within this specific range. And like I've gone around this like four times with him because I'm trying to get my hands around what exactly he does. And, and tonight I'll probably ask him again. Now tell me exactly what it is that you do. Because, you know, you don't really know someone until you understand what they're doing. Right? So you understand the world around them, their family life, their, their vocational life, uh, how they inter- interact with their neighbors, what it is that are their hobbies, the things that they like. Right? Th- that's part of knowing somebody. It, it, it's a difficult task, but Jesus has that big picture 100% figured out. But it's not just the big picture Jesus has figured out. Right? He knows the close-in picture of us, too. The things that we don't let out he knows that too. Continue reading in verse 17. It says, And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they began to be sorrowful. And they said to one another, uh, one after another, Is it I? And he said to him, It's one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me for the son of man goes as as it is written of him but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed it would be better for that man if he had not been born now judas uh, immediately before this remember had gone in secret and betrayed jesus christ now when you betray your leader and you have a group of friends who are very passionately uh, attached to him you don't share that sort of betrayal with your friends Right, because if Judas had said, hey guys, uh, like in a, like a small group with Jesus not there, like, hey, I'm kind of out on this Jesus thing. He's not working for me, so I'm, I'm going to trade him in for some money. Maybe you guys should join in and get in on this. You know what would have happened to Judas? Nothing good would have happened to Judas. Like in the next story, we're going to have P- 
Peter's cutting off a guy's ear, right? These guys are not like the most civilized human beings on earth. It could have gone really bad for Judas. So Judas kept this very quiet. It was him and the members of the Sanhedrin that he had the agreement with, and no one else knew. It was his secret that he wouldn't share with anyone. But Jesus is sitting there at dinner, the one who knows the big picture, and he zooms right into the most intimate detail of his life, and he says, I know what you did. He doesn't call him by name. He could have called him by name, but he doesn't call him by name. Right? He's giving him a chance. He's giving him an opportunity to say, look, I know you. I know where you're at. I know you've betrayed me. I know one of you's already agreed to do it. And it's not one of these people who's kind of around us. It's one of you guys right here. And Judas is sitting in that room. And you know what Judas knows in that moment? Oh my goodness, he knows. I don't know if you've ever been caught before. I've been caught a few times in my life doing something. Uh, driving down the road, you're going 85 and a 60, right? You know, that happens sometimes. And all of a sudden you drive by the police officer and you're like, and you're watching the mirror, and then boom, he whips around. You're like, no, caught, right? <laughs> right, I'm, I'm caught, right? I was, I was breaking the law, and the guy drove by me, and I'm caught. And he comes over and he says, do you know why I stopped you? And you're like, no, officer, I have, I have no idea why you would have stopped me right now. What, what, what could it be? Is, is, was my tire flat? Is, what's going on? Can you, you know, no, he knows, he, you know. Right? He asks you that question for you to get a chance to, to, to kind of build some equity with him, right? To, 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 to formulate some sort of like, uh, yeah, I, I recognize that I was an idiot and I was driving, you know, 30% faster than I should have driven and I'm sorry. Right? right? Jesus knew what was going on with Judas. He knew exactly what had happened. And he's like, hey, this is your chance. Like, like you've, you've moved down a path, but you haven't gone past the point of no return. You've gone a long ways where you shouldn't have gone. But I know what you did. And it's not going to work out for you if you keep going the direction you're going. Right? He says, like, it'd be better for you never to have been born. If you, if you continue on the path you're on, it's only going to lead to your destruction. This is your last chance. But no, they're all like, is it me? Is it me? Like Peter and John and Bartholomew, you know, the disciple we don't know anything about, right? And Andrew and Philip. And the other guy, Judas. And then Judas is scary. It's like, is it I? And Jesus, you know what Jesus is like when Judas is like, is it I? He's like, <laughs> right, is, it, is it you? Of course it's you. No. But he doesn't call him out. Right? He gives him a chance. I do this with my kids sometimes. right? Like I know which kid did the thing. Now I have like 19 kids, right? But sometimes I know which kid did the thing. And so I'm like, so does anyone know how this happened? And then it's amazing how, like, they're all like, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And even the kid who did it is like, no, I have no idea. I've shared the story. I was, uh, I probably did it, I feel like I shared it recently. I was driving down the road when I first learned to drive, and I created an impact bubble in my, my mom's car. I just wailed on a curb and did some, hit the wheel well. And my dad came out, and I'm a 16-year-old just learning to drive. And my mom's been driving forever and has never damaged a tire like that. And so my dad's like, hey, Matt, I see this here. Do you know what happened? I'm like, don't know. <laughs> right? Like, we're all kind of naturally that way. Judas gets this opportunity. He's, he, not only is he, he general, does Jesus demonstrate this general knowledge, he says, I know everything going on inside of you. I know your secret sins. I know the things that you're struggling with. I know the things that, that no one else knows. You know, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing, right? right? We're so guarded. Uh, I, I try up here to be transparent with you guys. Like I, I tell y'all 
almost every Sunday. Like, I don't have this thing figured out. I'm not perfect. But guys, I'm still guarded up here. <laughs> like, I, I, can't, I can't bear every part of my soul and every part of the things that I struggle with up here. Right? But, but I want you to know, like, like, there's a person who already knows. The stuff that your wife doesn't know, the stuff that your brother doesn't know, the stuff that your mama doesn't know, the stuff that you think no one knows, it's fully known. Right? And that's scary for me, at least. Right? Like I, can, I can put up a decent enough front that most people will say, oh, oh that's a good guy. But God knows. Like he knows the wickedness in my heart. He knows the pride. He knows the selfishness. Right? He knows deeply who I am. That's kind of scary. But you know what? It's not just bad news. Like Judas was given an opportunity. And just like that, we're given an opportunity. Like God knows you. He knows your wickedness, your sinfulness, the brokenness that you have. He knows your struggles. And he still, still gives you a chance to come clean about it. And this is what happens. So they have this, 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 um, uh, the Lord's Supper right after that, after Jesus has had this big confrontation with his disciples. Picking up verse 22, it says, And as they were eating, he took the bread, and after blessing, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. He said, Take, this is my body. And he took the cup, and he, gave, and, and he had given thanks. He gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day. When I drink it in new, drink it new in the kingdom of God. Here's, here's the thing that I love about Jesus. There's a lot of things I like about Jesus. This is the thing that I absolutely just love about Jesus. I can't get it off my mind. Where he had his 12 disciples with him, and 11 of them are fully devoted followers. They've given up their entire life to follow him, and they may not fully understand what's happening with Jesus because they don't. They don't totally get what's going on, but they have sold their lives out to follow Jesus. And you've got this other guy, Judas. Right? And he has already betrayed Jesus. And Jesus has just confronted him as specifically as he could without getting him killed in that room with the fact that he, 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 he's on the wrong path and that his life isn't going to go the, go, go the way that he wants. And he fully knows the wickedness in Judas's heart but he still offers him the Lord's Supper, right? He still breaks the bread and gives it to, to, to his enemy. He still, he still takes the cup, which is the blood of the new covenant, right? The, 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 the idea that, that, that he is going um, to, to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins, and he still gives it to Judas. Guys, we, Judas was the absolute enemy of Christ at the time. There wasn't anyone else in the world who was as much of an enemy of Christ as Judas was in that moment. Close friend turned betrayer. Jesus knew who Judas was. He knew what Judas was about, and he still offered him grace. He still offered him an opportunity to, 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 to receive forgiveness through the body and blood of Jesus Christ, to, 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 to believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. He still, even after Judas didn't change his heart uh, in, in the confrontation that had just happened, even after Judas had still said, I'm an enemy of Christ in his mind, as Jesus was pouring out the fact that there was a betrayer nearby, even after all of that, Judas still 
was given grace by Jesus Christ. And guys, I think about that so often, and I think, that's, that's me. That's me. Right, like, I, I know who I am, and God knows everything about me generally, and He knows everything about me specifically, but then He still gives Himself as a sacrifice for His enemies. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, right? while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, you may be here today, and your life may be a total wreck inside. You might look good out there. You may have put on the church clothes well. You may be able to, to bring your Bible and nod and smile and do everything at the appropriate moments. And when people say, how are you doing? You say, man, I'm blessed. Things are great. And inside, you know. Right? You know your Judas heart. You know that you've got wickedness that's un, undealt with or hasn't been dealt with. You know that you're, you're struggling with sin. You know all these things, but no one else knows. And you think if you can keep people from knowing, it's going to be okay. But the truth is, God knows you. Like my wife knows me better today at 37. You know, we're 21 years into this relationship. Right? I told her I loved her at 16. And when I tell her I love her at 37, it means something different. Because I know her. I know the best parts of her, and there are tremendous... I'm so fortunate to have the wife that God gave me. But I know the worst parts of her. The stuff that none of you will ever see. She knows the same thing about me. And I can look at her and say, I love you. I take all of that that you are. And I accept all that, that, that you are, right? I, I, and I still, knowing you, love you. And God does that on a grander scale. Because as well as my wife knows me, she doesn't know everything. Right? It's impossible for her to know everything like God knows everything. It's not like I'm trying to hide it. It's just absolutely impossible for her to know every time that I'm prideful or jealous or angry, right? She's just not going to see it all. God does. And he still sent Jesus to die for me. Guys, I'm sitting at the Last Supper so often, and I am Judas. But I'm the one who, who, who's hung out near Jesus a long time, but, but, but still isn't really grabbing on to that. And I'm the wicked one sitting in the room, and God is, is offering forgiveness to me because I don't have it solved. And that, my friends, is love. Right, that he would lay down his life for us. He didn't just lay down his life for, his, for, 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 for people who were friendly to him. He laid down his life for the enemies of his, the people who hated him, the people who despised him, the people who reviled him. And that sort of extravagant love, that sort of love that is, that is overwhelming uh, to all of us, guys, that, that's the love that we experience as followers of Jesus Christ, because Christ knows all of us, yet he still reaches out to all of us. I want you to know, no matter how far you've gone, you're not past the love of Jesus Christ. He knows you. If he could sit at the table with the man who was literally about to lead him to the crucifixion and offer him love, he can offer you love. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what this week has looked like or this month has looked like or the last 92 years of your life have looked like. God still loves you. 
You're still inside of his plan. You're still near enough to him. And I know you've got secrets and I know you've got shame and I know you've got things you're not proud about, but I want you to know he loves you anyways. He loves you enough that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. He died on the cross for sinners like you, for sinners like me. And he did that because he loves us so much. He knows you, yet he still loves you. He'll never reject you. Right? There's people out there, right, when they get to know you, and that, that the nastiness of you comes out. Right? They're done. They bolt. They're out of the picture. We never see them again. That's not Jesus. He already knows you. He's not surprised by the wickedness in your heart. He's not shocked by it. He's not like, oh, I can't believe that they did that. No knows you and he still loves you so if you're here today and you've never experienced the love of jesus christ a god who fully knows you i want you to know today is a day for you to trust that god because what he did even knowing you is he died for everything that you've ever done and ever will do things you can't even remember doing that were sinful he died so that when you die if you'll put your faith in him you will be seen as righteous, even though you're not. You're going to put on the coat of Jesus' righteousness because you can't wear it on your own. Your own righteousness is not that good. And he loves you. And so if you feel like you're far from God, like God can never use you, like God can't have anything to do with you, I want you to know Jesus sat with the man who ultimately led to his death and tried to bring him in. He's trying to bring you in. But you know what Judas didn't do? He didn't respond to Jesus. And not everyone does on this side either. There's people today who know the wickedness in their hearts. They know that God uh, has sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for their sins, yet they reject that just like Judas rejected that. So I want to challenge you, don't be that person today. Humble yourself and experience love like you can't experience anywhere else. The fact that you are cared about by someone who absolutely knows you with nothing hidden at all. That intimate love that's known is a beautiful, beautiful thing. He knows everything, yet he still reaches out to us who are his enemies. Now, maybe you're here today and you already know Jesus Christ. You already have a relationship with Christ. You've already experienced that love. So, So what can you do with this? Guys, we have a whole world out there who thinks that God is furious with them because they're sinners. Right? Who thinks that God has no need for them because they're, they're broken and they're messed up and they're drug-addled and their marriages are in the pot and, and, and they've, they've got kids with 16 different women. They think that God can't use them and work with them and reach them and you have to be the person to tell them that God loves them. And you can tell them God loves them because you can tell them that God even loves you. Your wicked self, your broken self, your messed up self, all the things that you've gone through, all the places where you've run away from his plan, he loves you. And if he could love you, he can love that person. Guys, you are called to be an evangelist for Jesus Christ, to tell people that the love of God, the extravagant love of God, So whether you need to come today and make a decision and say, I'm going to trust Jesus Christ, the God who loves me 
even though he knows me. Or maybe you just need to come and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a church that's trying, right? Striving to make that Jesus Christ known. Or maybe in your seat, you just need to rededicate yourself to say, you know what, I've been loved. Now I need to reach out to people with love and show them the forgiveness of God. Wherever you are, you have work to do today. There's something for you to do when we leave this room. I pray that you'll do the work ahead. Let's pray now.